fuck this script. Can we just do an intro without one? Yeah, fuck it. Roll the track. Welcome back to Authorized Antics. I am Taylor. And I'm Hannah. Here we are. (laughs) Again, episode 20. That's a big number. Wow. We're one-fifth from 100. (laughs) Wow, great math. (laughs) Good job. We are doing a totally new topic, I feel like. We've been talking so much about boys, dating, sex. Not you, but but it's just gone out of hand. So we (laughs) are... We need some grounding on this podcast. We We are grounding and talking about being a powerful, confident, sexy, boss-ass bitch women that we are. We are talking all about what makes us most in touch with our femininity. That's a rough word. What makes (laughs) us feel the most confident and strong as women and men before you click off the podcast. Right. (laughs) You should stick around because this could be a nice fun learning experience for you. I'm sure you'll be getting a fun new perspective that you don't normally hear about. So please stick around. I am so excited for this episode. I feel like there's a lot to talk about and I know this is a huge, passionate topic of Hannah's, and she kind of pushes me to think about this stuff and talk about it and get in touch with it. And I feel like since we're street seniors in college, like not even just being in college, but being like 21, the journey to finding like our own feminine sides and what makes us feel feminine and what things pull us away from our femininity is always evolving. And I want to bring it to all of you because obviously- The power of the pussy is like always talked about on social media, but I don't feel like some of the struggles that come with it are as spoken about. Obviously, like the way that women are oppressed, yes, but in terms of like internal feelings and stuff, I think we need to be more open about that. And that is what we're here to do. Yeah, I just want to talk about the little stuff that you maybe don't think about on a day-to-day basis. And little things that matter to us where we're like, hell yeah, I feel confident and I'm proud to be a woman. Right. Some of the things are little and some of the things I think are like bigger concepts. And when we first started to talk about this like topic and like episode idea, one of the first things that came to mind for me personally about what makes me feel feminine is my spirituality. And this is like a whole other huge realm of content that we want to like give you guys because it's something I've recently explored and same with Han. And I know a lot of people are like are also into it. And obviously I started like learning more about it through like my zodiac sign and fucking rocks and shit like that. But it's so much deeper (laughs) than that. And yeah, I feel like recently, especially since the pandemic and since coming back to college, it's, it's like a practice I originate much deeper with than like Catholicism, which is what I was raised as. And you're probably like, how does that relate to like your gender identity? Hold on. (laughs) Keep Mm -hmm. holding on. Strap Mm -hmm. in. I feel like um, this is an important topic for me because when I was younger, I was raised Roman, but also Ukrainian Catholic. It's just kind of confusing. So Catholic is just what we're going to kind of label it as. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it was one of the biggest parts of my life that really 
pulled me from feeling feminine and feeling like a woman because I had kind of two sides of my family, one going to church with me, taking me to those services, teaching me the type of like respectful poise, like quite literal, like virgin, mature woman I'm supposed to be. And then I had like the other side of my family who was much more free spirit, spirited. Um, and like the women on that side of the family were just who I looked up to more and they didn't practice Catholicism. And being in like church when I was younger, hearing like the services and things, I just didn't, something in me when I was like six, seven, eight, like those younger ages just didn't feel like what I was learning should be applied to like my life or my growth as like a woman, whether that be like the way that I was being taught that I shouldn't have sex before marriage. And that was kind of oppressing to my like freedom. I felt like I felt like that that was something I knew I was going to want to explore but also like just the role of the woman in like religion being very kind of quiet silenced honestly not just silent like it just was not something I originated with and so then since I got older and kind of moved further away from practicing that religion and getting more into spirituality I've just connected to more or less like the universe rather than God who, by the way, is a woman in my opinion, because as long as women and the pronouns she, her, and hers keep being oppressed, I will believe God is a fucking woman. And yeah, I just feel like something something inside me shifted, but like it literally did. I feel like this platform that I kind of had myself on in terms of how I scale my feminine energy shifted like for the good when I pushed Catholicism and religion away and started practicing spirituality. Obviously, that's not how it goes for a lot of people, but personally, that was just a huge pointer that kind of came to my mind when I first started thinking about what makes me feel feminine. Why do you think it shifted? Was it because like watching family members, like older generation live in a way where the male was like the dominant one in the family and like the woman cooks the dinner and the man works? Was it because of that? Yeah. So it was kind of, it had to do with like the older women in my life who I looked up to. So like one grandmother of mine had her children when she was 20 and the amount of conversations that she would like talk to me about it she would use the language that she had to but Mm. the other side of my family I have an aunt who's my godmother and she was she's was raised by her mom my other grandma who is much more free-spirited kind of just going about her life for herself and by herself but now that she's older She's married. She's a lawyer. She has a child. She's doing all the things that like women can do, but also being like true to kind of like what she wants to do and who she wants to be. And it was just such a different dynamic from different parts of my family. So I feel like that's what I observed. And I realized like, okay, I can, I can be like my heir. I can like grow up and still have a family, but also do this type of schooling and get this type of job like there's nothing that is going to restrain me from that and so that's kind of where I saw that first firsthand when I was younger yeah I asked that because that's like how it was with my grandparents I mean I was raised like super catholic and both sets of my grandparents operate in the way of like my grandpa does all the talking like my one grandpa walks around the house 
and literally still to this day says like I'm in charge and like if there's ever a fight that breaks out his immediate response is that like she has to listen to him because he runs the household and then on my other side it's just like the little things I've noticed over time like when we call them like my sisters and I when we call them to just catch up with them my grandpa answers and then tosses the phone to my grandma for like a few minutes she gets a few words in and even though we want to talk to her then she is like oh here's your grand like here's your grandpa back like, don't worry sort of like passing us off as if it's natural to want to talk to him because he's the one who can like update us on their lives as if she's not capable and when we've visited them and say like gone out to lunch with them and some of their friends come up to talk to them it's always my grandpa who does the talking and she kind of just sits there quietly and then doesn't talk till the friend leaves because it almost seems like it's not her place to make jokes or like lead the conversation and I feel like that kind of leads into my first thing I want to talk about of being able to speak up for yourself because that's like what makes me feel the most like confident as a woman when I stick up for myself and feel heard, but also get my points across where I don't feel like I'm sugarcoating what I have to say out of the fear of like coming across as intimidating. And Taylor and I have talked about this these few things off the podcast where even when we're talking to each other on certain episodes, we try to edit this out, but we'll like make these points that are really good, but then we'll end them with, I don't know though, or during the point, we'll say filler words, like the word like. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's just like a natural thing to do. But sometimes I know I do it because I'm trying to soften like what I'm saying. Or like when people ask me for advice, I feel like that's such a normal thing for girls to do. Be like, I don't know, up to you though. Or like, whatever you want. It's such a normal thing to say your point and then backpedal because you don't want to come off across as like too dominating. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when I'm able to confidently say my points like in class or give advice to someone and be so confident in myself that I know what I'm saying is valuable and not have to like backpedal, that's when I feel like, hell yeah, I am a fucking boss. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember us having a conversation Uh, probably just like a few weeks ago because I was like oh it came up the topic like basically this topic but I was telling you that I had um, a student like in one of my classes kind of get like confronted by my professor who's a woman because she was apologizing for technical difficulties and my professor was like do not apologize to me and the student was like what and she was like do you know statistically that women apologize more than men? It's just absurd. Why are you apologizing for a technical difficulty? If that was a man telling me that they had technical difficulties, they would not include the word sorry in their statement. And so I've become hyper aware of this in public because I will like say excuse me to somebody if like I'm in their way or they're in mine, but I will follow it up with sorry. And I will try with every fiber of my being to not say the sorry part because there's no point 
like mm-hmm. I get that. And I was just about to ask you, you were saying before we started recording, you were raised in a health household with three women, which is a much different dynamic with than like mine and maybe some other people's. Do you feel like you always have that sort of sense of like, I know that sticking up for myself makes me feel feminine? Have you always felt like that? Or was it something that you had to like learn over time? I feel like I've recently had an epiphany of this makes me feel the best and I normally would relate that to like social anxiety to where I felt like oh if I can stick up for myself confidently I'm like conquering my social anxiety but now I relate it to being a woman because I have seen men in my family just expect things to be their way and I did grow up up with two parents but my mom is really like a mother a father and my best friend like all in one yeah and then in my teenage years it was like just me and her in it together through everything and now it's like me and her and my sisters and I feel like that's another thing too is when we can come together and support each other and hear each other out that's when I feel the most proud to be a woman when we can all show up for each other and work together. So no, I haven't always felt like this because I feel like the older men in my family would always just expect us to be quiet. And especially being the youngest, I just went along with what everyone else wanted. But now even with my grandparents, if they're ever talking about something where it's politics or religion or something I don't agree with I have found myself just like in the last year being able to say no I don't agree and I feel like they're so surprised because they're like oh what I've just never stood up for myself in that way so they probably just thought I agreed or didn't even notice I was there but now I'm like bringing up the opposite points to where they're being challenged and it's a really good feeling being able to say your points and throw them off because at first I was so intimidated because it's like oh they're older whatever but that honestly doesn't mean anything and like it's almost just as scary for them when they're faced with someone challenging their point and like they don't know how to respond and that's when I feel the best. Yes I love that I agree with that a lot I feel like recently since I think when you brought up politics this kind of like sparked my thought the most recent election was the first one that I was able to vote in I mean I voted in like other elections but this was the first presidential election and and because of how such a divide there was being able to like confidently speak about my opinions to older men who I very well knew had different viewpoints than I did was so like validating for myself because that's not something I really imagined I was going to be able to do because I wanted to talk about standing up for other women in general. But now that you mentioned like standing up for yourself, I realized like, oh yeah, like I've stood up for myself, whether I was being like body shamed or like general like bullying. But in terms of like feeling like you can't stand up for yourself based on maybe heavier topics like politics, like religion. I agree with you hard that that has like definitely changed for me and it makes me feel so fucking good because I think a lot of younger girls and women think that they can't do it without being like aggressive or like, um, you know, almost where they're now dominating the other person, but that's not how the dynamic always has to work. Like you can very well like maturely 
speak about, you know, heavier topics like that. I just think it's something that you have to learn over time. Yeah, that's such a good point. I do want to touch on that too, because that's something I did experience like in high school, my junior and senior year with my friend group. There was like six guys, four girls in the friend group, and pretty much all six guys were super conservative. And then two of the girls just kind of laughed along, didn't want to talk about politics, said they didn't care or whatever. And then me and my one other girlfriend, like my junior year is when I discovered, hey, I'm a liberal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's when I was trying to find my voice. But because it was the two of us up against like these six guys, it was so hard to remain calm. And so I got heated so much and would yell and like throw insults out there. And that's honestly a natural, like I'm not trying to justify like, being aggressive but it's such a want to shame yourself for doing that right yeah it's such a natural response and like I hate that guys or just I don't know some people view like feminists or being passionate about being a woman as like oh you're crazy and aggressive it's like it makes sense that we're angry and like especially in that situation of six guys like steamrolling the conversation and never hearing you out and like never trying to get your side of things and the fact that sorry to the two other girls but like they were probably scared to say anything and were just kind of laughing along because that's what they were told to do like all their lives so like when it's the two girls that are trying to speak up and aren't being heard out like it makes sense to why I was so angry because no one would give me a fucking chance and like I just feel like that's something worthy to point out that it's okay if you're angry about these issues it makes sense right and I think like emotions are such a heavy topic for women too because it yeah we are allowed to be angry but I think it's been snowballed by society into this girl type that categorizes a lot of us as like a psycho And in actuality, we've just been silenced for so fucking long. And now I think our generation and like our mother's generation, like millennials, like younger millennials more so, have kind of been paving the path to actually give women a voice in terms of like social causes. And I think I, growing up, was very aware that like women were like neurologically more emotional due to the hormones that we have compared to, you know, born males. But I was also raised kind of in a way that like, just because someone makes fun of you that you're a girl and that you're emotional doesn't mean that like you need to give into that. Like you can be a hard ass, you can be a badass, you can, you can make decisions, you can have feelings like without crying if you feel like that's something that fits you. So growing up as a kid, I thought that that was going to prove to, you know, more so boys rather than like adults, but maybe like teachers and things, prove that like I can be mad about a comment that a boy made to me in gym class in middle school and not cry about it and like put my foot down and say like, you that didn't make me feel good. But now, ironically, as I'm growing up, I think 
it's turned into, I know it's turned into an issue where my feelings are suppressed. I am the one that just pushes them down and down and down and down until I blow up. And like, yeah, I'm in therapy for that. I'm very self-aware <laughs> that that's what's the issue. Um, but the point to that was I am learning that being emotional and accepting my emotions and forgiving myself for like crying over anything is like okay and actually makes me feel more feminine. And it's been this really strange 180 for me, I think, in terms of like how I view my own emotions. Yeah, I feel like I'm the opposite in that sense where, like I said, with my sisters and my mom, we're all... I like don't even want to be like, oh, we're so emotional, but just passionate, I guess. <laughs> and yeah. like do cry and do yell. And that's how we expect each other to hear one another out. But I feel like I've been doing the reverse lately where I'm trying, oh, like this sounds like so stupid as I'm saying it. like, oh, who knew if you just explain your points logically, like <laughs> people can hear you out. But like, that's what I've been doing. And I feel like that's what makes me feel the most proud of myself. And most like I have something to contribute is when I'm stating points logically almost to the point where people have no choice but to listen <laughs> but, but yeah but to yeah. listen but to hear me out because crying and let it all out there you expect people to see that emotion and want to listen but a lot of people really don't give a fuck <laughs> I feel like when you're confronted or like people are confronted by a woman who immediately starts to communicate how they're feeling through like crying something like switches in like the person receiving that communication and i feel like it is really different with different genders so i feel like if i were to sit in front of like my mom and cry and break down she would kind of stoop down to my level if that if that's how it feels not that maybe she takes that approach but i feel like that she kind of connects to my emotions if i were to confront my dad as i'm crying he would kind of bring me back to my roots and how he raised me which i personally like i'm thankful for it's not anything that i feel like was wrong on his end of like you can talk to me like you know, without crying, you're allowed to cry, you're allowed to let your emotions out. But I want you to know that like, you can express yourself without like, feeling, I don't know, like you need to not cry to get your way because it's, that's never how I kind of approached it. But I guess I think like crying to like, show how strongly my emotion if that it if that makes sense because I feel like I have not only difficulty with showing emotion but when I do it is like full force and I can't even like verbally say what I want to communicate and so I think it's just a really different dynamic of like who's also receiving that not just like how you're per how you're giving that emotion I guess okay this is I didn't think I was going to bring this up, but it just goes along with the topic. <laughs> and I'm writing about this, or I'm, I'm about to write an essay about this for one of my classes. And it's about the show Big Brother. And if you don't know what that is, it's a reality show where people are trapped in a house for like 100 days and the last person in the house wins. 
And <laughs> I like am obsessed with that show. And I'm like rewatching this old season and it's from 2008, which doesn't seem like that long ago to me, but watching it, I'm like, holy fuck, we have come a long way, mm. but we were eight then. So I didn't realize that that was like the social norms, but in the house, like everyone in this season is fighting for some reason. And there was this moment where this two guys get in a fight and then that, that guy gets in a fight with a girl. And then the host checks in on them later on and asks the guy who fought with both a man and a woman, like if he regrets anything about his fight with the guy. And he was like, yep, that was totally uncalled for. And like, we're all good, man. And they just made up. And then she's like, oh, and is it same for the girl? And he was like, oh, absolutely not. And like said that he still stuck by his points and that she blew it out of proportion, even though same fights like took place in the way where they called each other names unnecessarily. But he worked it out with the guy, but the woman was seen as crazy. And like, like I said, everyone in this season is fighting. But anytime the women are in a fight, the men are like mocking them. Well, like, take personal digs at them like everyone in this house is like late 20s pretty much or like mid 20s and i've noticed every time the girls are fighting the guys will take shots at them being like oh these 30 year old women as if being 30 is an insult and mind you they're not 30 but they just round up because they think that's an insult and then to the guys even though they're all around the same age they're like oh he's just a like silly young kid and they give him a pass because he's young. But when the women like supposedly act out of line, it's like, oh, they're like so embarrassing that they're old and 30. That's insane. I know. That's actually insane. And like, I don't think I realized because yeah, like I said, we were eight when that came out, but that right. seems to be how the world was operating. And obviously still to this day, women are not being treated equally, like especially in the workplace and things like right. that. But it is insane how far we have come. And I feel like we kind of probably took note of like gender differences when we were teenagers and when things were already starting to shift. But Definitely. like they did shift in the 2000s pretty rapidly. And I feel like by going back and watching stuff like this, I'm like, this is disgusting. That's crazy. <laughs> Easy. I know. Because I feel like in your interpersonal relationships and like your like circle, if something like that were to happen, I think that the people would immediately be called out for it. Of like, you're not treating her the way that you're like treating him. And it's blatantly, in most experiences that I've had, picked apart. And like, luckily, I was going to make this point earlier, like, standing up for other women is something that I also feel like I like that brings me more in touch with my feminine side because I just know that not everyone like every woman in my life is at the point where like maybe like you and I are to the point of like sticking up for each other and so I'm like talking about that because I'm not sure what the like follow-up to that was in the big brother episode like did the girl stand up for her in the house or like did that? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Because 
it was such a thing to want to be the last girl standing or like the girl who can hang with the guys or like I outlasted all the girls and yeah like that's how it was it was never a thing and my whole paper is about the fact that there's never been girl alliances to make it in the show because it's always guys to the end and the girl wants to feel like cool and like she can fit in with them which I get like I'm not even blaming the girl for that because that's what we've been taught is the narrative of like oh I can do everything guys can do but why is it that why isn't it like women are their own separate thing like why do we have to be trying to live up to the standard of men like why are we trying to be like a man and do everything men can do like why isn't why aren't men trying to do what women can do Wait, that like changes a whole like ideology (laughs) of mine like on its head because I was thinking about doing traditionally male or like dominantly male things makes me feel more feminine, but that makes so much more sense to me and I feel like I'm so much more in touch with that idea of like why am I feeling more feminine climbing up to the top steps that the males are at in order to do what they've been succeeding at for centuries. Why don't they take some, you know, steps on our level and do female-dominated things? Yeah, I mean, I wish I could live by what I just said at at all points, but even something I was going to bring up, which kind of contradicts that, is I wrote down, like, I feel most feminine and, like, a strong woman when I'm dressed in like stereotypically like men like man clothing Mm. and now I'm questioning like why is that because I don't like I love putting on makeup and things like that and like dressing up but I don't feel like a badass like I own the room when I'm dressed like that like when I'm in like streetwear or like baggy clothing I feel my most like confident which is so strange (laughs) and there's nothing wrong with that but I do understand like well I'm contradicting my own point here of like why is it like a male thing that I'm adapting to by dressing like predominantly tomboy or like however you want to classify the style and as a fashion student that goes to the number one fashion school in the world there is so much obviously emphasis on style and what makes people feel their most self and I kind of wanted to bring that up I didn't really mean to kind of like go that way but I think well I know socially someone's physical appearance whether that be like their face their hair but also their outfit is the first assumption judgment opinion that you make about that person and we do it in milliseconds fashion is a huge part of that and I think when a lot of women are like looked at in the way that they dress I just personally have been seeing such a shift in that to like a lot of women like thrifting men's clothes and and kind of dressing more androgynously that was only really popular since the 90s but I feel like your point makes sense to as also like going to class and I'm seeing these like sick outfits and I I asked them oh like like why like where'd you get that from they're like oh like the men's section at the thrift store like it's so sick 
I mean, maybe with things like that, like material things like clothes, maybe the overall and like makeup and things like that, maybe the overall issue is that there are like gender labels attached to those things or like even bringing it down to like the toys kids play with. There's like certain expectations on what kids play with or what people wear, but maybe eventually we'll be working in the direction of clothes or just clothes and everyone, yeah, can have them no matter what gender you are. Right. And I think like speaking about like fashion and how you said that you feel most feminine when you dress in like kind of male, like tomboy clothes, I'm quite the opposite. And that's just my personal preference. But at my school, there's some of the most like intense competition between peers that I've ever like witnessed. And it kind of brings me into a point of like, what inhibits me from feeling feminine. And that to me is like being competitive with other women, which Mm. I and I think a lot of us have been so guilty with just due to the simple rise of social media. But with my industry, not only in terms of like getting this internship and and getting invited to this event, but just in the simple way of like dressing. Like, are you better than me because you look more feminine? Are and because for a long time wearing like predominantly female clothes were associated with being more put together or more clean or more respected or more mature. And I actually just like wrote this in like a little paper about how gender norms in in jobs are shifting because from like the 1950s until like probably the 2000s and even before the 1950s, secretaries were some of the most sexualized careers Mm -hmm. in history. They were females dressing as females, quote unquote, should with nails done and hairs done. And it was like this expectation. And it's kind of insane to think that a job can be sexualized. And so back Mm -hmm. to my like point of being competitive with women, I feel like I've really experienced that going to like my school and the start of like my sophomore year of college of like feeling like I needed to be competitive back to these people in order to give myself some sort of leadway or like a foot in the door with my skills. But over time, especially because of the pandemic and taking a step back from being at school, I realized that being competitive with those women and these girls and my peers just don't make me feel good. This is so strange because I think I just put what I was saying about clothes together based off what you were saying because you're trying to be competitive back but I feel like with clothes and even other things that I'll say in a second I feel like I'm trying to come off as least threatening as possible because I'm so aware that there's like this competitive nature and I'm like trying to send the signal off to other women that like hey I don't want to do that like you don't have to be threatened by me like I have no makeup on my hair is in a bun I'm in sweats like I'm just chilling like you can get dolled up and do all that and like I'll just take a back seat and I feel like I totally forgot about this but this is like honestly fucked up and I'm embarrassed to admit it but I do that too in the sense of like now that I have a boyfriend versus over the summer when I was single I feel like I come off as less 
threatening to other women because it's like, hey, I'm not here to steal your man. Like, I have a boyfriend. Like, I'll help you find men. But like, again, I'm just going to take a back seat. I feel more comfortable that way because I'm so aware that there's this competition. But I wish it wasn't like that. I wish there was just room for all of us, which there is. But I wish everyone realized there is room for all of us. But it's so... It always feels like with men, they can all exist and have their own identities. But with women, it's like one has to be the top of the pack. Yeah. And I feel like I'm never trying to compete for that position. So I'm trying to make it clear that like, hey, (laughs) I'm not looking for trouble sort of thing. So I'll just kind of zone into more male things so that Mm. you're not like threatened that I'm coming for your woman top spot. (laughs) Do you feel like you do that because that is what makes you feel more feminine and comfortable and relaxed and confident in your own body? Or do you feel like you're doing that because you have to and as if it's sort of like an avoidance strategy to drama, oh, to it's, it's for sure avoidance. And mm-hmm. so weird you said that because I just talked about avoidance and therapy. Turns out I do it a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, it's for sure avoidance, which goes into this quick little thing that I wrote down, which this is just like an inner monologue I used to have, which goes along with like coming off as least threatening as possible. And again, this kind of relates to social anxiety as well, but has to do with being a woman. When I would just walk down the street, say I'm like walking down the street, maybe it's towards nighttime, maybe there's men who look a little suspicious, and maybe I'm a little scared or just, you know, alert. I used to have this inner monologue in my head where I would be like, okay, how should I walk and look right now? And I would be like, do I want to have like a resting bitch face and like strut as if don't fuck with me. Like if you come near me, I'll fucking kick you or, and, or like, just leave me alone. Don't talk to me. Cause that's what I would truly want. Right. Or do I walk as if, oh, I'm just this sweet, like innocent girl who's like ditzy and like, he he, like you're a man, do whatever you want. And like, I'll just like be on my way. Like, I don't know if that makes sense, but I would like have that conflict in my head of like, oh, even though I'm a little scared and on alert right now, I don't want to make them uncomfortable by me like catching on to the fact that they're a suspicious man. Like I wouldn't want to put myself out there to be smart enough to catch on to the fact that they are making me feel uncomfortable. Fuck that. I know. (laughs) Fuck that. That enrages me because today I had, I mean, I have this experience every time I step out of New York, I've basically turned on, I've had that same conversation in my head when I first moved here and like years ago, and I've reverted to a robot like personality because I will walk down the street and men are just in my ear hey baby you look set hey hey baby and then if I today I ignored somebody like I always do and they were black and he goes you still racist and that was the one time that that approach made me feel like I was doing something wrong by trying to put on a straight face and ignore like this gross man but because he was of color and he made that comment I'm like 
oh, should have I had just at at least looked in his eye to make him think that I wasn't this person or this person? It's like, no, Taylor, like you don't owe them shit. You know that you're not racist. You know that you're not a raging asshole. You know that you're not a hard ass at all times. But you, I feel like women have to be for their own safety sometimes. And that's un, that's insanity. Right. We have this thing, this natural thing in us to where we feel like we are a burden or that we should just give them what they want. And I do want to give a quick shout out to you, Taylor, because you, I don't even know if we've like talked about this after it happened, but you inspired me to like, be like, okay, when I'm walking down the street, just look how you want to look. Like if you want to look like a quote unquote bitch, like fucking do it. Like whatever, yeah. just, just walk. And if you're annoyed by people, be annoyed. Because there was this one moment over the summer where we were like in the downtown area of like my school town and there was like no one else out. And Taylor and I were like making a TikTok, like in the <laughs> fucking- in the fucking like street area thing but we were just trying to do that not bothering anyone just keeping to ourselves but I see like these three men in the distance walking towards us and I just had a feeling I turned to Taylor I'm like oh I know they're gonna talk to us and I just don't want to be talked to right now like I just don't want to do this I don't want to have to have like a fake bullshit conversation about why we can't give them their our number like I just don't want to do it And those are the exact words you said to me. And I was like, yep, I know. I'm waiting for it. Right. And she was like, yep. And then as soon as they got closer, they were like, hey, you guys want to go for a walk with us? And Taylor turned to them so rapidly, turns to them, goes, no. And then turns back away and then continues on like making our little TikTok. And they had no They looked like they saw a ghost when they heard me say that. Yeah. Their mouths dropped but they said nothing and then just kept walking and we didn't see them again. And I was like, this is magical. Even though she literally just said the word no, but that like stern no, because that's what like we wanted. No made them just walk away because Taylor said it so intensely that they were just like, Oh fuck. Okay. I was like, wow, this is magic because I feel like even though I wanted to say no, if Taylor like wasn't like that, I maybe would have had to do the fucking run around with them being like flirty, even though I didn't want to be, but doing that out of like uncomfort of like, oh, I don't want to come off rude. And even like after we left, I turned to Taylor and I was like, I feel bad. But then I was like, why do I feel bad? Like, I didn't want to talk to them. I don't know them. I don't owe them anything. They were being sketchy. It was late at night. Like, why do I feel bad? And the thing is, men don't do a runaround. If women approach a man and they're not interested, they will just say no or no yeah. thank you. They're not like walking on eggshells being like, oh, like, thank, but like, I have the, and then this. It's like, no, they do not do that. And it took me like, I feel like a while to get to that point because. I was walking a fine line of like, okay, how do I respond to unwanted commentary or looks in a way that just gets my point across but doesn't come off bitchy? And I feel like for a while I would attempt that and it would just always come off as like rude, like, no, the fuck are you looking at? And for a while I was like, well, I don't want to come off like that. But then like what you were saying, 
I don't owe these strangers shit. They don't know right. me. Why do, I, why do I need to care about how they view me? I was just some blonde on the street that rejected them. Right, and it comes off bitchy because you're a girl. Yeah, so like, that's, that's it's it. like That's oh, the only reason. Right, it's like, oh, she's not acting like a lady. Like, Fuck she's that. not classy. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing they would throw around in that Big Brother season. Like, anytime the girl would raise their voice, they, they would be like, real classy of you. It's like, why is that her expectation? Like, you're not being classy, sir. You're also yelling and doing personal digs. Why is she held to this standard of keeping calm when she has ever reason to be angry or say no like taylor did it's insane and i the whole concept of as a whole of yearning for male attention does not make me feel feminine and it works in like a bunch of different scenarios like this one where if i were to do the runaround and give them some of a fake number or say oh, like we're busy doing this, like giving them an explanation or a justification, that would not have made me feel good. So I'm I'm glad that you like admired that. I just want to touch on what you said about like giving an excuse because I feel like that's something I always used to do. Like say, whether I had a boyfriend at the time or not, say a guy like flirts with you, I feel like the natural instinct for girls to say is like, oh no, because I have a boyfriend. Like, whether you have a boyfriend or not, you should be able to say no because you simply don't want to. Like, you don't owe them a response of like, oh, this is why I have to say no. Like You don't need the why. Right. You just need the yes or no. Yeah, and I agree with that because I feel like, say it's like the opposite where if like someone comes up to you in like a bar sense or if it's a male that I'm speaking to and trying to get like, involved with this is a recent thing too and it's it's glad that i'm self-aware to realize it but like it pisses me the fuck off and makes me feel like not like the girl boss i am but if i don't hear from them for a few days i start internalizing everything as if i'm like not good enough for them to respond to or not worthy enough to ask out or if their conversations are really bland i'm like oh, it's a me problem. I'm not exciting enough for them. I don't deserve to talk to them because I bring them down. I don't know. I was not raised like that. I don't know where it came from. I think maybe listening to our last episode would give you some perspective of just like my new dating scene. I think like because I'm just involved with a lot more guys than like previously, like ever. I think that's where it's stemming from. But overall, like yearning for male validation, or maybe let's take the gender out of that and like say like validation in general, because it kind of goes back to the being like competitive with women and needing that validation from, you know, your peers, other women that you think are doing better than you, guys that you're talking to, whoever, seeking validation from anyone besides myself is really destructive for me personally in terms of my femininity. How do you combat that? How do you stop caring when guys don't answer? Do you do it back to them? Do you have a way where you can just walk away? Because you made this really good point in the last episode, and I feel like it deserves to be said again, where you were like talking about starting to like date and talk to new guys. And you were like, it's not just about if they 
like me. It's about like, I also have to like them because I feel like girls are like always taught to like get the guy to be impressed by you, but you also deserve to be impressed by a guy, you know? Yeah. I stand by that. I feel like it's been situations where if I'm put, if I put myself in that, not if I'm put into it, but if I start seeking validation from a guy who I'm talking to, because I don't feel like I'm worthy enough for them to be talking to. I'm still working through that because like I said, it is a new thing for me to be feeling validation from men. But recently when I've been able to get over it, I take a step back from the situation and like just completely revert back to that like ideology of like, well, it's not just whether or not they like me. Like, do I like the way that they're not responding you know, within three days time and they're not communicating back to me, like maybe that says something about their communication style or like how they would be as a partner or are, is the conversation dry because like I'm not speaking or are they just not exciting and not giving me something to talk about? And I'm not sure if that's a healthy mechanism because maybe that's me like assuming like that they're the problem and not me. But also, I mean, if you know me as well as Hannah does, you know I am so self-aware that it it like is toxic for me. So yeah, the first thing that I start to consider is me in terms of like, okay, this isn't going how I want to. Is it a me issue? And I will analyze and analyze and overanalyze and overthink that for days, weeks on end. And if I can't come up with a solid, legit reason in my head, but also maybe in like conversation with like Hannah or like another friend or family member I am them gonna assume like okay it's not me not like being worthy enough for this it's just they're just not the person that I'm supposed to be talking to because Mm -hmm. they're it's not aligning yeah it's almost like a shift in mindset that has to take place where it's like why am I trying so hard to get this random guy to like me like just because it's a challenge sort of thing, which we've talked about before, but this is like just something little, but these little moments add up over time and it falls under the category of mansplaining. And if you don't know what that is, it's men explaining things, but it's in a way where they're doing it like, I'm a man, so I know you must listen and like, Mm -hmm. I'll dumb it down for you because you are woman. Yeah, I am big and strong. Literally like cavemen era. Yeah. And there were just like these two instances that happened recently, but they're just like daily little things that I feel like everyone can relate to. And so one was I was flying home. And so I was on an airplane and I was putting my suitcase above my seat thing, like in the little compartment above your seat. And I was raising it. I had no problem putting it above there. But this man was like, you need some help with that, honey. And I was just like, oh, no, thanks. Like, was nice. I was like, I got it. And then he kind of stood there and watched. I had to like put away my phone in my bag before I brought up the suitcase. So I was kind of like fidgeting for a second. And he was like, whoa, careful there. And I was just like, don't worry, I got it. And like lifted it up. It was fine. Put it in the correct way. And he was still watching me. And he was like, you know, you have to put it in this way because other people also have bags. And I was like, what? I just like, I didn't, I was proud of myself because I said nothing and like just looked at him like annoyed. Whereas normally I would have 
said something and been like, oh, whoops, like, oh, my bad, or like laughed it off or giggled, but I just like gave him a death stare and then sat down. The next step for me is saying something, being like, I don't need you to tell me what to do. But <laughs> yeah, but I was proud of myself for just not entertaining it because normally I would have been like, hee hee, whoops, like, thanks, sir. But I just like wasn't having it because I know I did it correctly. But it was just something little to where I was like, I don't need, I said no thanks. So like that should be good enough for you to sit down and then mind your business. Like, I don't need you to correct me on my every step. Yes. I love that, <laughs> Hannah. Thank God. I know. And then the other thing too was my, these are like little, but okay, whatever. Someone, uh, like a maintenance man came over to fix like my dryer cause it wasn't working. <laughs> and he was like, well, how big are the load? Like, this sounds weird, but he was like, how big are like the the loads you're putting in there and I was like I don't know like an average size and he was like well you know you're supposed to put smaller loads in there so you're probably not doing that and I was like I don't know I've done like every kind what do you mean and then he just started breaking down to me like how to wash clothing in a way that was just so condescending and I was like you're not my mother I didn't ask for a tutorial on laundry like I I just wanted you to fix this it's just stuff like that where it's like hey I really didn't ask no literally I think the same way that men approach us when we try to share our opinions and they're like we didn't ask yeah Guess what, man? We didn't ask for your mansplaining. Right. So stop doing it because we're not buying into it anymore. Little stuff like that. It's like, hey, we're all just humans existing and you don't know more than me just because of your gender. Facts. Facts. You don't know more than me because of your gender. I love it. I feel like doing a little backtracking to kind of what we talked about with like clothing and like feeling good in like fashion. I think because I think in high school, I had this really big, I know I did, issue with coming off like I had it all together. We've spoken about this a lot of times on this podcast. Yes. And I would do it through fashion. And it's kind of what got me into fashion of like, I can make myself look like this without feeling like that. And that's insane to me. Now I'm in fashion for different reasons, but <laughs> like that was kind of the start of it. But, and that's what made me more feel more feminine. And that's true to this day, but I think after being a teenager and the young woman that I am and going through um, physical, emotional, and mental cha mental changes, I have realized that not taking care of myself on those levels of physical, mental, and like emotional levels, that like really inhibits me from feeling feminine. I can feel like a bag of shit on all levels and put a nice outfit on. And that used to work for me when I was like 15, 16. Now that I'm 21 and in this industry, I can't hide myself like that anymore. It doesn't work. And I think on days that I, and it's not just about self-care and meditating and putting a face mask on, like it's gotten so much more deeper for that, where it's like, if I were to skip a therapy session because of a scheduling conflict... I felt awful like with myself and I just did not feel like I was taking care of myself and the way that I wanted to feel. Um, I've gotten, because my mental health is more important to me than my physical health on the level of like working out, not on the level of like, if I have like a chronic illness, don't, you know, mistake that. Obviously yeah. I'm taking care of myself in that regard, but I used to be really hard on myself 
coming out of high school, playing sports, work, like learning how to do the whole gym thing. I'm now like being much more kind to myself and understanding that, okay, if, if you're not taking care of yourself, like in the sense where you're fucking lifting for an hour and a half, you can still move your body and feel good. That's a whole other conversation. But my whole point to that is like on a physical level, I want to feel my best on all aspects. And if I'm not taking care of myself on all levels of physical, mental, emotional, I just don't feel myself. And to me, the term myself and how I identify equals a woman and femininity and all that. Yeah. That is a lot of pressure to put on yourself though, Tay. Right. And luckily, like I have gotten a lot, a lot, a lot better with that. But because I think when I think of those three tiers of self-care, like physical, mental, emotional, first it's, I want to say mental, but honestly, it's hard to control my mentality without controlling emotions first. So I feel like putting emotions and then mental and physical. Whereas I feel like within past like issues of like body dysmorphia that I've experienced, I would put like, again, that's a whole other topic, physical first, then emotional and then mental. And also kind of brings me into an unintentional thing I didn't even really think I'd touch upon, kind of rearranging the way that I prioritize those three tiers of self-care also makes me feel less feminine. If I'm too worried about my physical appearance, I don't feel good about myself. Whereas when I'm putting like my mentality and the way that I'm feeling like emotionally first on the top of that priority list, I feel much more in tune with myself. And it's just so crazy. That is so weird. Mm -hmm. So you feel less feminine when your physical health is like the top priority? When it's overriding the way that I take care of myself mentally and emotionally, obviously it's really important for me to be physically healthy because for me it trickles down into how I feel mentally. But if I am prioritizing going to the gym for an hour and a half over like like crying or like talking to someone and like kind of suppressing that, I don't feel as good. That's so weird because I didn't even think about this either, but I was just thinking like when I was at home in Vegas, like when we were remote learning, I would run almost every day and I would wear like not cute athletic clothes, but I would just throw on whatever looking quote unquote like masculine and I would just do this hard run. I wouldn't care if I had like pit stains or whatever. And I felt the most like a strong woman, but now I'm thinking, and that's like my physical health, like working out. But now I'm thinking it goes back to the thing we talked about earlier of like, well, did I only feel the most like a woman because I was doing something like manly and we're taught to like, we can do what men can do. Mm. So it's just so weird. But, But don't think that that mentality that you have is wrong or something that you need to shift because it is just entirely down to what makes you feel like yourself. And even if it scales out to something as big as, oh, well, I'm feeling more like myself because I'm feeling like the norm of a man or something like that in terms of the way you're dressing or doing things, you know, just realize that like, it's okay. And you don't have to. Yeah. I think it's just, it's okay to do what I'm doing, but it's also important like to not feel shame for 
putting the emotional or mental above that and like expressing like your emotions how we talked about earlier right I like kind of like side piece I grew up in a household where the term sports is an outlet was so heavily relied on and if I didn't feel like continuing a sport or going to practice I would just get that drilled in my head like remember like that's your outlet like that's your time away from home time away from school and it actually over time became kind of toxic for me I played like field hockey for a good chunk of my life but then quit and finally like got back to what I loved with Uh, varsity cheer for my senior year of high school and I then realized that I use sports not as an outlet but as something to suppress my emotions because I just I didn't feel like I had (laughs) fucking screaming (laughs) I didn't have the ability or I didn't feel like I was welcome to share my emotions so I just showed up to practice for two hours and that's how I supposedly expressed it oh that okay I didn't even like think about this try not to even think about this anymore but oh my gosh we've never even talked about this that is how you do in college athletes I know like are you okay but (laughs) that's exactly what it was for me because I did volleyball like for school and like a competitive travel team and I did like a bunch of sports before I just settled on volleyball I did like basketball and soccer and karate but I settled on volleyball because my position was a hitter and that's like the most aggressive one to where you're like physically slamming down a ball and that's what I would always say when people would ask me is like I'm getting out my aggression like on this ball like I would love to just slam it down or like if it hit someone in the face like I would honestly love it right so, <laughs> like, and that's that would be like oh that's my outlet is like this two hours of practice or this game and this is something I was going to say earlier too, is I found writing before that, but I really settled on like, okay, that's what I want to do is when writing turned to be my main outlet, which is sure like a more emotional thing. But I also turned to writing because I felt like I couldn't express myself with words outwardly to people. So I would write it down. Like I was only expressing myself in the way of like slamming a volleyball, a very physical thing, instead of like saying it, which I think is interesting because you said how fashion, the thing like you're studying and like what your career is going to be. You found that because you were like in the competitive nature with other women And I found writing because I felt like I couldn't express myself. So I think that's so weird that we both found our fields from like being scared of expression, (laughs) actually expressing ourselves in a healthy way. And now we're both still in those fields, but not using it as like this crutch of like, oh, this is the only thing I have sort of. Right. And it worked until it didn't work anymore. Yeah. We say this every episode and I'm going to say it. Again, this is literally my favorite episode we've ever recorded. This honestly is my favorite episode because it's so it's so different than the other ones. And I love telling our stupid stories, but this one actually means something. And right. I hope there are some men listening to this. This is I don't even want to apologize. I'm not gonna apologize for anything I just said, but I hope that you listened to it, enjoyed getting a new perspective or just seeing what we go through. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you got something from it. 
But for all the ladies who are actually doing this for, we hope you guys enjoyed that. We sure did. I loved Please that. Please give us a five stars for us pouring our hearts out to you and unpacking these social issues. Please give us a review on on things you go through. Send us a DM. Like we we say these things, but I genuinely mean them. Like, Me too. <laughs> like actually reach out if you have something to say or that you thought about while you were listening to this, say it. Everyone practice using your voice, like we said, and leave us reviews. It's that simple. But with that, (laughs) we will see you Tuesdays. Woo!